Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going to continue a little sidebar that we're doing from the Gospel of John. We've been looking at the Gospel of John of late. But uh, at the time of this recording of these podcasts, it's the, today is actually the 5th of July, 2018. And so, uh, as I said yesterday, yesterday's episode, <clears throat> this time of year, I'm always drawn to uh, certain passages in the Scripture, and they're usually related to uh, what's going on uh, as a people, what's going on as a nation. And I'm usually drawn to Daniel chapter 9, Ezra chapter 9, and Nehemiah chapter 9. And <clears throat> you notice they're all chapter 9s. And I believe we went through Daniel chapter 9 yesterday. I want us to look at Ezra chapter 9 today. I'm not sure we'll be able to get through all of it, but we will uh, either today or tomorrow or something like that. And what's so, so interesting about these things is the attitude of heart and what was bringing forth these cries uh, unto God on behalf of a people. And we saw in uh, Daniel chapter 9 yesterday that Daniel was pleading for his people because he had been reading from the Word of God. He'd been reading from the writings of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was somewhat a contemporaneous person with uh, Daniel. He lived, lived just a little before him. <clears throat> and so Daniel had his writings, and he saw that the time that Jerusalem would be in exile would be 70 years. And he realized, wait a minute, we're at the end of that seven-year period. We're within two or three years of that. So you'd think he'd be having a hoot in any time, you know, all excited about it, but he wasn't. And the reason was he knew the people's heart had not changed. And so he fell on his face before God. He fasted. He interceded on behalf of uh, the nation. And all through there, he said, Lord, we have done this. Lord, we have sinned. Lord, we have turned our backs from you. And so these are really important prayers for us to uh, see, to really model. So today we're in Ezra chapter 9. I'll begin with verse 1. And it says, these, says this, After these things had been done, the officials approached me and said, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites. Now notice who it is. The people of Israel, the priests, and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with their abominations, from the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. And so we see who the peoples of the land are. And these are peoples of the land that they were supposed to have eliminated to start with when they first came into the promised land. They eliminated some of them, but not all of them. So therefore, we have the problem now, right here. And you notice that they hadn't separated themselves from the people of the land. Well, were they supposed to? Yes, within the law and what God had told them, and we'll see more about that later, they were supposed to do this. But again, notice who it was. It was the people of Israel, the priests, and the Levites. And the rulers and the princes, as we're about to see, were the ones who were really leading out. Now, how had they not separated themselves? Was there something uh, particular that was being uh, addressed here? Well, it was. Uh, in Daniel 9, there was a big picture of the sins of Israel and all they had done, and, and juxtaposed in all that God had done for them. Here in Ezra, we're seeing that he's dealing with one particular sin that is reflective of their heart overall. Verse 2 tells us what it is. Here it is. For they have taken some of their daughters to be wise for themselves 
and for their sons, so that the holy race has mixed itself with the peoples of the lands. And in this faithlessness, the hand of the officials and chief men have been foremost. So it's the officials, it's the chief men, it's the prince, it's the rulers. I see different translations say the officials and the prefects. The rulers of the people were the ones that were chief in this, that they were intermarrying. That's what it boils down to. They were intermarrying with the people of the land, and they were not supposed to do this. <clears throat> Why is that? Well, they're described here as a holy race. Now, immediately in our Western mindset, that brings all sorts of connotations to mind, okay? So let me just deal with a couple of these things. I think there's three separate times where you see this idea of race and holy race within Scripture. The word translated race is really better translated than the King James and the Lexan version because they tell you exactly what it is. So the holy seed is the holy seed. Okay, there is no such thing as race within the scripture in the way that man interprets that today. Okay, you know, we want to say that race is someone whose hair is curlier than somebody else, or who's taller than another people group, or who's wider than another people group, or who are lighter or darker than another, another people group. No, we are all one blood. Okay, we are all humans. But what's being addressed here is the holy seed. Okay? It's the holy seed, the holy nation of Israel. And this goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15, where God promised that he would raise up someone, okay? that he would raise up somebody that would be a redeemer for mankind. So rather than being the holy people that they were supposed to be, okay, rather than being that, they were intermarrying, they were intermingling, and they were playing with the things of the world. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> so many within the professing church, okay, those that, that go to church that are religious and say they believe, et cetera, et cetera, do exactly this. I mean, you see it rampant within denominationalism in the church. It's the chief officials and the princes and the rulers and the prefects that are leading the people into the way of the world, <coughs> excuse me, that are leading them in the compromise that have led them away from the word of God and are now doing all sorts of evil things in the name of God. And so this word comes to Ezra that this is what's happening, this is what's going on. Now watch his response, verse 3. As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment and my cloak and pulled hair from my head and beard and sat appalled. Well, that's, that's intense, isn't it? Well, what you see is a pattern you see all through Scripture of uh, humiliating oneself, okay, of tearing of the garment, of tearing of the robe and the cloak. And we think, well, what's the big deal with that? Well, the reason we think that is because each one of us have more than one garment and more than one cloak, okay? This was a serious rendering of things that they didn't have many of, okay? They, they, did, they couldn't go over there and look in their closet and say, well, what am I going to wear today? and try to, to select from two or three dozen different things. They didn't have that. And then on top of that, he humbled himself, he humiliated himself by pulling out hair from his head and his beard. This was all a sign of being absolutely appalled at what was happening. And he's actually described that way. He describes himself as sitting there appalled. 
verse 4, listen to this. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel, because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles, gathered around me while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. Remember how I said that Daniel in chapter 9 right there, that he started praying because he would realize that uh, their time of exile was going to be drawn to an end, and yet the people had not really changed. Here in Ezra, the people have returned, or the people that would return, a huge portion remained behind. They stayed there. But a small percentage came back, and those that came back are described here as faithless because of the faithlessness of the returned exile. But there's always hope. Let me read verse 4 again. Our time's up. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel. There was a portion of the portion that trembled at the words of the God of Israel. <clears throat> they knew the words, and they knew what they meant, and they trembled because they knew the seriousness of it. What did they do? They gathered together around Ezra, and then while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. What might the Lord do if one person, if one person sat appalled? Would it bring forth the others to do likewise? I tell you what, my time's up. We'll pick up on this the next time. I'll see you then.